What's the most frequent area to have complications from aesthetic injections? In my experience, supporting clinicians, it's probably the lips. In 2018, the ACE group in the UK actually audited their entire Facebook group and came up with a fact, which is that over 50% of all of the posts related to lip complications. So what's the worst kind of complication? Well, we know that, it's vascular occlusion. And what's the most common side effect? Probably bruising. So what's the most important thing to know to avoid this in your patients? Well, that's what we will be discussing today in the Aesthetics Mastery Show. I think it's the three-dimensional position of the labial arteries that we need to have really vivid in our minds. If you love anatomy type videos, please don't forget to like and share this video. We really appreciate it. In a recent paper I found by Murad Alamitol, published in the Journal of American Medical Association, they studied the risk of injury in a cohort of dermatologist injectors. A rate of one occlusion every 6,000 mils was discovered in lip treatments. More interestingly, however, they showed that a decrease in risk as the injector gets more experience is clearly visible. After five years, an injector has 70% less chance of causing a vascular occlusion. This is actually great news for all of us, especially the inexperienced, as it proves that the nuances of injection technique affects risk, and not just the area we inject or necessarily the nature of the technique. We can all get safer. So, what is it that the experienced are doing that the inexperienced are not? This is my theory, but I think it starts with anatomy. A high-resolution understanding of where the arteries are will drive the cautious injector to be more precise. As I've said many times, anyone can claim to know the anatomy by naming the arteries, but many will have a much lower resolution image of the underlying anatomy despite knowing all the right words. I believe it's the time spent understanding the subtle detail and then using that to inform your injection technique that will actually cut your risk by over 70% in five years. But I hope that this video and what's contained in it will help you do it much faster. I would say the last thing that goes through my mind as the bevel of my needle touches the skin on my patient is the anatomy, especially the mental image of where the arteries lie. Let's look at the anatomy of the labial arteries. One of the best papers I've found on this area, as usual, is by Professor Kotafana. You should follow him on Instagram. This paper explains not only the common depths of the relative positions, but also the likelihood of the arteries changing planes as they traverse the lips. So what we need to understand as injectors is the anatomy in terms of layers. So we need to be able to place structures relative to each other in our mind's eye. At the top, of course, we have the dermis. Then we have a layer of hypodermic fat. Then we have the orbicularis oris muscle. And then underneath that, the submucosa. And finally, the mucosal layer forming the lip envelope. The muscle inserts into the vermilion border where the divide between the mucosa and the dermis is. And this is a very useful landmark to reference the likely position of the artery because it's so clear for all of us to see when we're injecting. In this paper, they studied 193 cadavers, which is a very big study by aesthetic standards. And they dissected at three different points along the top and three different points along the bottom of the lip. And then looked to identify the position of the artery relative to the muscle and the probability of that changing as the artery traverses across the lips. They established that there are three layers in which we might find the artery sandwiched between the oral mucosa and the muscle, within the muscle itself, or above the muscle in the hypodermis. The paper found that 78% were posterior to the muscle, 
17% were intramuscular, and 2% were in the hypodermis. Around 30% of the specimens showed the vessels actually crossing into different layers in the same cadaver. It's also reported that the superior labial artery tended to run exactly where we inject with many techniques, at the level of the vermilion border. The inferior labial artery was found to be inferior to the vermilion border, at least that's on our side, and then there were around 2% of cases where the same lip had arteries in more than one plane, usually both the subcutaneous and the submucosal. The difficulty, I believe, is that in order to apply this to your actual injection technique, you have to have three dimensions of anatomy in your mind simultaneously. It's no good just looking at it in a single plane at the point of injection. So of course, first, along the y-axis, we know that the artery runs from lateral to medial on both the superior and the inferior side. Along the x-axis, the depth of the artery, we have an excellent guide from this and other papers that the artery is usually beneath the muscle in the majority of cases. The depth of the artery ranges from 3 to 7 millimeters, depending on the paper that you read. But one of the greatest limitations of cadaver studies is that, as we know, cadavers do not represent our patient cohort, thankfully, especially when it comes to the lips, because we are mainly treating younger females in our clinic and most cadavers are very old and have lost a lot of volume. I believe that the depth of the artery is likely to be significantly different as we lose volume, and this could account for some of the discrepancy in the descriptions found in the published data. For example, in an ultrasound study, also from Professor Cotifana, they studied a much younger cohort with an average age of 26 and found the depth of the artery to be 5.6 millimeters on average from the surface of the skin. This paper found a different spread of arterial position relative to the muscle. So about 58% of 41 volunteers had the artery in the submucosal plane. That's lower than the other study. 36% in the muscle and 5% in the dermis. But the pattern is very similar. The most significant difference between this paper and the other paper is that they describe the artery running in the red lip as opposed to the vermilion border. Now this kind of triggered me because we like to have certainty and see the same things in different papers. But we have to figure out what's going on. The problem I believe is that we tend to describe things in two dimensions by default. It's quite complex referencing alternative points of view as you describe a lip from one point of view. So this paper actually described the position of the labial arteries as being in the red lip. That's significantly different to the vermilion border for an injector with a high resolution understanding of the anatomy. I think the problem is that we are describing things in two dimensions by default, which is natural because it's complex trying to describe it in three dimensions. When I see the artery being described as in the vermilion border in one paper and then in the red lip on another, it does stop you and make you think, what information is missing in the description which needs to be added to our mental model? As I was having my lunch today, it came to me as I cut a tomato in half and it reminded me of the cross-section of lips I've been thinking about and why these cadaver and ultrasound studies describe the artery differently. As I rotated my tomato and thought about how the position of the seed on its outer perimeter changed as you looked at it from the frontal view, it helped make more sense. It could be that in the ultrasound study, the young patients had more volume in their lips and a greater outward curl of the orbicularis oris muscle. The artery is deep, and as the lip ages, the muscle insertion in the vermilion falls relatively to the artery, which also becomes more superficial as volume is lost, and so is more likely to be parallel with the vermilion border in an older patient and slightly inferior to the border in, and deeper in a younger patient. The main point is that the artery is rarely in the vermilion border, but from one perspective it is parallel with the border, and that's where it gets confusing. The words really matter. It does change what you picture when you think of it being parallel versus in the vermilion border. If you consider each plane on its own, 
It is reasonable to say that any injection in the vermilion border is always close to the artery in that dimension, as the artery runs parallel to the structure. But in terms of depth, the artery is almost certainly significantly deeper to it, by at least 5 millimeters in a younger patient. Our main defense against vascular injury causing bruising and vascular occlusion is therefore the relative depth to the border. I suspect experienced injectors are better able to discern the difference between 2 millimeters deep and 3 millimeters deep. It's a tiny amount really, but I, I suspect you get that with a lot of practice. If I was to suggest one dimension that you should master as an injector, whether you've been injecting for one year or five years, it's depth, down to the millimeter. And this gets increasingly important when you look at the lips from the different dimensions. The more lateral you are in the top lip and the more medial you are on the bottom lip and with proximity to the villain border, the importance of depth increases. So I hope that's helped you further develop the resolution of your lip anatomy and have a better 3D understanding. The next step is to actually picture this anatomy, picture the depth and the position of the artery as your needle is resting on someone's precious lip. At that point, you should naturally sense the adjustments that would make your injection safer in terms of millimeters. Every millimeter counts when you're injecting lips. So next time you're injecting lips, take an extra second to just really picture in your mind's eye as you do the depth check on your needle, exactly how many millimeters deep are you? One, two, three, better not be five, but think about it carefully. The more you think about this, the more instinctual it will become and the safer injector you'll become as the years go by. I really hope it helps you become a safer injector faster if you're not there already. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Mm -hmm.